You can open your Bibles to John chapter 21 and take out your sermon notes to get ready to receive God's Word. Uh, we want to welcome someone for their very first sermon ever. Is he here, William John? Yeah, there he is. And he's already sleeping, most like some of you will be doing in a few minutes. But So don't clap too loud, but give a little clap for William John. Golf clap for William John. So congratulations, Peter and Kim. We are thrilled for you guys. So that's wonderful. The disciples had quite a story to tell, didn't they? An empty cross, an empty tomb. The last time I talked about Peter a couple weeks ago, and you can listen online, he thought he wasn't going to get a chance to tell the story because he had failed miserably. He had denied Jesus. It was very public. It was out there. All the Gospels record it. And he thought it was over, so he went back to fishing. And Jesus, after the miraculous catch of fish, says, Hey, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And Peter gets frustrated and he says, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I failed. But Lord, you know that I really love you. Cried many tears, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, good. Then feed my sheep. You know what he's saying there, and just to wrap up that last message in these words, is saying, Peter, I love you too. And even though you failed, I still choose you. Even though you've messed up, even though you've fallen flat on your face, even though you've denied me, I still love you. I still choose you. You still have a role to play. And so we're going to pick up the story now in John chapter 21 that we began last time. And this is the rest of the story of Jesus to Peter in John 21, beginning of verse 18. It says, Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. I want you to get how intense this is. Jesus says, someday they will take you and they will stretch out your arms and you will die for me, Peter. We know that Peter was crucified outside Rome and he wasn't crucified like Jesus because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified as my Lord and Savior. And so they crucified him upside down and Jesus is predicting the way that he's going to die. He says, Peter, you are going to die for me now follow me. Wow. I don't know if you could put yourself in that situation. If Jesus was here this morning to say, you know what, I want you to follow me, but you're going to die in the process, but I still want you to follow me. Peter said he would die for Jesus earlier. When Jesus said, you're going to betray me, he goes, oh, no, no, I will die for you. Any place, any time, no matter what, Jesus, I will die for you. And we know how badly he failed, and he said, Peter, I know that you said you would die for me, but I am telling you now that you will die for me. Here's a lesson we learn. Don't tell Jesus what you're going to do. Let him tell you what he wants you to do. Don't tell Jesus what you're going to do. Let him tell you what he wants you to do. And so Peter has to respond when he says, follow me. Jesus says, you're going to die, now follow me. Peter knew that, and in 2 Peter, toward the end of his life, in chapter 1, verse 13, says, I think it's right to refresh your memory 
as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as my Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. I know that I'm going to die. Jesus told me that I'm going to die for preaching the gospel, and, and so I'm okay with that. Jesus says, I want you to follow me, but you will die. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his classic, The Cost of Discipleship, said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. That's what Jesus says. I want you to follow me. You will die for me, but I want you to follow me. Now, Peter knows what to do when Jesus says, follow me. He has responded to that call before. We flash back three years to a very similar situation when he's first getting to know Jesus in Luke chapter 5. And let me read you this story. As Jesus is preaching to the crowds using Peter's boat, and Peter is listening and cleaning up from a day of fishing, it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put, down, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came, and the bo- they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partner, and And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats upon the shore, left everything, and followed him. Jesus finishes teaching, and then he says, Peter, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your boat out, and I want you to go into deep water, and I want you to let down your nets for a catch. And there are so many reasons why Peter could have said, no, are you kidding me? Jesus. I mean, I am so tired. I have just fished all night. I have worked the entire night shift to ultimate failure. I have just cleaned everything up while you were talking in my boat. I just want to go home and go to bed. And he could have said, I am so frustrated. We need these fish. My family needs these fish for their livelihood. And now I've got to go home and tell them I've caught nothing. Do I really want to try this all over again? And especially the way you're telling me to do it. Because Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but if there is one thing I know something about, it's fishing. I wasn't just born on the Sea of Galilee. I was born in the Sea of Galilee. I've been with my dad in a boat, and we know how to fish. You know, I know that your dad was a carpenter, and he probably taught you how to be a carpenter. I know you're a good teacher, but Jesus, you don't understand. You don't go out into the deep water. You fish in the shallow water. And you definitely don't go out in the middle of the day. You go out early in the morning before the sun comes up. Jesus, you you don't know what you're talking about. There are so many reasons that, that Peter could have said, Jesus, this just isn't going to work. But Jesus' command is, is hanging there, and probably everybody's watching him saying, what are you going to do, Peter? What are you going to do? Are you going to listen? Are you going to obey? Are you going to listen to this carpenter? 
And I bet you, deep down, Peter wanted to tell Jesus, look, Jesus, if there is one area of my life where I don't need your help, it's fishing. But you know what? To our amazement, Peter responds positively. He gives a mild objection. Jesus, we've been trying this all night. But he called Jesus master. And that Greek word is the word for leader within the context that it's found. And so Jesus is on Peter's boat. And so that word master would be the word captain. And he says, aye, aye, captain, if that's what you say, I may know a lot about fishing, but I'm not the one in charge. You are. And because you say so, because you told me, Jesus, I'll do it. And so hungry and tired, Peter heads back out to the Sea of Galilee to fish. And at this moment, he catches the catch of his life. What lesson do we learn here? Jesus blesses those who follow him. Jesus blesses those who obey him. Even when they have failed, even when they have made mistakes, even when they have tried and it didn't work, God blesses those who obey and follow him. Peter is so overwhelmed at this point that he says, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. Now, he knew Jesus is a great teacher. He'd even seen some miracles at this point. But now, Jesus' power is brought right back into the middle of his everyday world, and he realizes who Jesus is. And this is just going to be kind of Peter's life from the beginning to the end, just discovering who Jesus is. And, and he, says, he says, I'm not worthy. Just, just get away from me, Jesus. And Jesus says, Peter, I have so much more for you than just a big catch of fish. I've got so much for you. I want to make you a fisher of men. You know what that literally means in the Greek? Taking men alive. The word we would use is capture. That you would go and you'd capture the hearts of men. Peter, I have got something big for you to do. So big you can't even fathom it. And it's not just for Peter today. I want you to know it's for all of us. Because Peter says in 1 Peter 1-2, he realized that it was for everybody. He says we are called to be obedient to Jesus. No matter who we are or how we're called to follow, Peter says we are all called to follow. Now fast forward to our story in John chapter 21. Very similar to that original call to follow me. And here is Jesus saying, follow me. Even though you failed, even though you have completely blown it, Peter, follow me. I love you. I choose you. My love and grace is bigger than your sin. And and Peter, I want you to follow me to the death. That rattles Peter's cage. That idea that I'm going to now die for Jesus. And so it rattles him so much. Look at verse 20. In John chapter 21, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. The one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? It's talking about John here. Verse 21, when Peter saw him, John, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? You must follow me. Peter is so rattled about how he's now going to have to die for Jesus. He sees John. 
John, what about John? Jesus says, don't worry about John. You must follow me. A lot of times we begin to look at the people around us in our life, our family members, our friends, and we say, well, what? You know, I'm following Jesus. I'm giving so much up to follow him. I, I, why, why do I have to do this? What about them, Jesus? And Jesus says, don't worry about them. What about you? You follow me. Don't worry about how everybody else is following Jesus. You follow the call. And so what does Peter do? He did what he did the first time. Aye, aye, Captain. If that's what you're asking me to do, that's what I'm going to do. A couple weeks ago, Evo and Mariami, uh, the leaders of Mission Possible around the world, Evo's the president of Mission Possible. They were here for a couple days, and it was... uh, just good to see them because uh, Evo's been through some pretty serious heart things. We've been praying hard for him. So when I saw him, it, just, it was kind of overwhelming to see him because we had been praying so much for him. Anytime there's missionaries in town, I want to take my children out to eat with them because I want them to hear the stories of true heroes. And Evo and Miriami have been following God since they were very young, and they have uh, harrowing stories of what it was like to live in communist countries and try to smuggle Bibles and meet in underground churches. And, and I just sat there before the food came and I said, tell my boys the story of your life. And they began to share how they were, they were little kids and they would have special clothes made that could maybe fit you know, either one to ten Bibles in a dress or a coat or different things that they would wear. And they would try to smuggle Bibles wherever they went. And and then when they got old enough to drive, they would drive Bibles in, and, and they told of all the times that they were, they were captured, and they were interrogated, and they were imprisoned and persecuted. And, and these stories just, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, what a, what a life lived, and, and, and how, how the government even tried to separate them as a married couple in and, and different nations, and just all the things that they had been through for the gospel that now, even today, some of the persecution that they are receiving for their work, uh, just feeding starving children and training pastors and planting churches, one of the most amazing ministries I've ever seen in the world, and, and all the persecution that they still have to fight through. And my, my, my boys were getting to hear this. And I was like, man, they have given their lives for Jesus. And then they were talking about the last couple months and how uh, just a, uh, an artery was blocked and, and had to be rushed to the, to the hospital. And, and uh, it, they just couldn't keep it open. And, and even now it's finding its way around somehow, but we, we have to keep praying for Evo, but he was about to go in for a major heart procedure. One of those kind of procedures that you don't know if you're going to come out of that procedure. I mean, that's how serious this was. And so it's him and the doctor and Miriami at his bedside, and the doctor says, um, just in case this is your uh, final moment uh, together, Evo, is there anything you want to say to Miriami? And so there's quiet, and uh, and all of a sudden he blurts out, see ya. (laughs) If you know Evo, he's not the most romantic guy in the world. (laughs) And we had a good laugh around the table, but then Miriami got very serious as we were there with our family. And she said, you know what? That taught us something. 
that moment of saying, see ya, taught us that we're ready. We're ready to go. That we can say like Paul, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And this is, if this is the last time I get to see you, it's okay because I'll see you again. That we've given our lives in service to God. And if this is when we go, this is when we go. And I'll see you on the other side. And it was just a very powerful, tender moment there at dinner. As you saw two people that have given their lives for the sake of the gospel. Jesus says, follow me, no matter what it costs. Follow me. A lot of times we think that we know the best way to follow Jesus. Jesus, I will follow you. And Jesus says, stop telling me how you're going to follow me. Listen to me and do what I tell you to do. Don't tell me what you're going to do for me. Let me tell you what I want you to do. And so Peter ends up spending the rest of his life catching the hearts of men all the way from Jerusalem to Rome and changing the entire world. When Christ calls a man, he bids him, come and die. What's interesting about Peter's life and the apostles' life from this moment on, John chapter 21 on, is that they have no fear of death. When you read about Peter in the book of Acts, he never feared death again. In fact, he would be arrested and he would be told, you can't preach about Jesus. And if you do preach about Jesus, we will imprison you. He's like, I know, but I got to keep preaching. And they said, no, you don't understand. If you keep preaching about Jesus, we'll kill you. I know. Jesus already told me. I just have to keep preaching. I have to keep following. He just has no more fear of death. That's what it means to love. That's what it means to follow. Perfect love casts out all fear. We have to go after how God has called us. C.S. Lewis said, he cannot bless us until he has us. He cannot bless us until he has us. My question for you today is, does he have you? There is no reason left to fear, only to follow. Does he have your heart? Does he have you? When he bids for you to come and follow him, are you ready to lay it all down and follow him? We bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning. We're going to worship the Lord here before we go because I want us to just have a quiet moment and respond to Jesus' call to follow. I'm going to pray for a moment here, but I'm going to just give you a quiet moment as the worship music plays to just make it right in your heart as Peter had to. Even though he had failed, even though he had told Jesus what he was going to do, that he had to respond to the, to the true call. It's not just for Peter. Peter said we're all called to follow and obey Jesus. 
And so this morning, I want you to not be afraid to die, to not be afraid to follow, to give yourself completely to him and say, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, whatever you call me to do, I will follow. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm just going to have you take a quiet moment and to listen to the Lord. God, we are so inspired by what we read in your word, by the lives of men like Peter, or a couple like Evo and Miriami, that are willing to give it all up to follow you even at great cost to them personally. They just, they were so willing to lay it all down and follow. Lord, we want to just make it right with you today. We want to just confirm in our hearts that whatever you ask us to do from this moment on in our life, that we are willing to follow no matter the cost. And that we have no reason to fear, only to follow today. We really do love you, Lord. Maybe we've failed. Maybe we're far from you right now, but but Jesus, we do love you. And we want to follow you. I'm going to stop praying now, and I'm just going to give you some quiet moments where I want you to respond to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your hearts today and to follow. Just take a quiet moment of prayer. There's you and the Lord telling him you will follow him no matter what. to him calling you to follow would you stand with me and let's just worship the Lord for a few minutes and allow the words of these songs to be the, the words of our heart as we follow
you give your life to him. Our message is the same message from the very beginning. There's an empty cross and an empty tomb. Jesus died on the cross for our sins that we can be forgiven and made right with God. But he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. And that new life that he has is alive in you. And that just as he was resurrected, someday you will be resurrected. It's the good news. And he says, I love you and I choose you no matter what. That's the message of Jesus. And and all he says is accept what I've done for you on the cross. Today, if you want to do that, I just invite you after the service to come up. There's just a little packet up here that you can take. It's free. Just take that as you go. There's a Bible in it, a prayer to pray and some other ways that you can be involved and and just just how you can walk with God. And we'll talk about following Jesus in the weeks to come, but uh, I just encourage you to make that decision to follow Jesus with your life, to make that commitment that, that you'll stop telling God what you'll do for Him and let Him tell you what He wants you to do. And so I just encourage you to make that commitment to follow today, whether for the first time coming back to Him or just you're just on your way just saying, as I am today, I want to follow you, Jesus. No matter what it costs, I want to follow your way all the way. I encourage you to pick up a devotional in the lobby and just go after God and read about the Word every day and let Him speak to your life. To, to look inside the bulletin and the sign-ups in the lobby in different ways you can be involved in His kingdom work now. Just saying, Jesus, I want to follow you any way that I can. And if you need to spend a little more time with the Lord this morning, you're more than welcome just to to stay in here for a few minutes and worship the Lord and and continue to draw near from Him. If you need special prayer, I'll be down front. But we're going to receive the blessing of the Lord. And the blessing comes upon those that He loves, that He has chosen. And that's you this morning. He wants to bless you. Does He have you this morning? Have you responded to His love? Have you responded to His grace? If you have... Here is the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that rests upon your people, that rests upon us, that are a part of your family, that have chosen to follow you. Lord, I pray that you remove all fear so that we may follow you with hearts abandoned. Give us faith as we sing. Increase our faith this week. Lord, we love you. We honor you. And we pray that you keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord together. We're going to get back together on Wednesday night for prayer. And um, if you want to spend some more time with God, you can do that. But fellowship with one another as you go. Sign up to help uh, and all the other sign-ups in the lobby. Also, there's a VBS meeting for all the children's workers. So there's a VBS meeting. If you're a part of the Children's Task Force, you need to go to that right now. But God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night.